0: Welcome to More Than Words, a podcast about treating the whole child brought to you by the Reading and Language Learning Center. I'm your host Tristan and today I'm joined by SLP Nick Bruno to discuss stuttering. Hi Nick, how are you? Hey. How's it going? Going great. We're excited to chat about stuttering with you today and I'll just have you start with introducing yourself. So who are you and what do you do?
1: Great. So, uh my name's Nick Bruno. I'm one of the speech therapists that works at the Reading Language Learning Center. So just as the other therapists that work for this company, uh, we specialize in dyslexia. So we work with kids with dyslexia. We also go into the schools, work with the kids there, work on speech, work on reading, work on writing, we work on similar kind of things as well. Um, so yeah. Awesome.
0: And if you're looking to find Nick, you can just hop over to our website, readingllcenter.com and you can find him there. And I think we're ready to jump into the questions. How about you?
1: Let's do it.
0: All right. So, first things first, can you just say tell us like what
1: is what is stuttering? Got you. So I'm actually a person who stutters. Um, I I didn't really mention that in, in the beginning. That's so okay. you might hear me uh stutter sometimes. Yeah. So stuttering. I like, I don't have the exact definition of stuttering. Well, okay. This is just my experience based on working with clients who stutter and also my own experience is stuttering for me is when you're talking, you have moments where you get stuck, where you're, the muscles you use for speech get stuck and stuttering is what happens when you get stuck. So oftentimes when we see stuttering in the media or see stuttering on TV, we'll see a common thing is we'll see people repeat certain sounds. Um, so if like, if I was going to, let's say I stuttered on my name, I'd be like, my name is Nick. Right. So like repeating sounds. And as a disclaimer, um, I might fake stutter in this interview. So I wanted, uh, Just in case people are like, oh man, like why is this guy fake stuttering? What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) So the reason why I'm doing that is I want people to understand what stuttering sounds like. Fake stuttering is actually a technique for that you use with clients sometimes. Because a lot of times stuttering, what's terrifying about it is that it's random, like it's a loss of control. Right. So for me and other people who stutter this feeling of getting stuck is like random it's like i remember i read this study that people who stutter a common thing that they say that's really stressful about stuttering is the loss of control the loss of the ability to predict when they're going to stutter so that's so you might see me fake stutter in this interview (laughs) (laughs) i I would encourage a speech therapist i would be a little bit careful Using fake stuttering with your clients, it that kind of depends on the client. Sometimes, right. like, that can be stressful for some clients. Um, so, as I was saying, stuttering, you're getting stuck, random times, lost control. The most common behaviors that pop up are you repeat sounds. So, I might say, my name is Nick. I might... Get stuck on a block mean that there's going to be just a moment of time where I don't say anything. So I want to so, so it would sound like this. So I want to say my name is my name is Nick. Right. So there's going to be that pause, or I might make it sound longer where I have like a prolongation. Where it'd be my name is Nick. Right. So that's kind of the most common behaviors that kind of pop up. Okay. If you think of it, you're getting stuck. You can't control when you're getting stuck. You don't know right. when it's going to happen, and then those behaviors come out because the speech muscles are getting stuck. Right, and you and 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 those are some common behaviors that follow. But okay. that that that's how I like to think of, think about stuttering.
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense. And thanks for sharing. Um, and I I like that you said sometimes you fake stutter. I think it kind of like helps people along, right? And it helps people kind of like understand what you might be like trying to explain sometimes people like need that like visual especially like your clients maybe that stutter right
1: yeah yeah I think um if you're working with a client or someone who does stutter I think if you fake stutter immediately they're gonna be like wait what's going on here <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like they might be like are are like uh, are like, you making fun of me like right. <laughs> so I, I'd be careful but I think as a therapist I think it's really important for you to really think about what's happening. So with with any client, you got to really think about um, you want to put yourself in their shoes and really think about, okay, like, like what's the breakdown? Like, if if they're doing this task that I want them to do, what things are going to pop up that they may have difficulty with, Mm. that they may experience differently, because that's going to make you a better therapist with any, like, anything, whether it's, like, people working on, like, are, are tick sounds like saying they're like S's, R's, um, clients with dyslexia clients with language. You got, I think you got to really kind of think about what's it, what, what it's like in their shoes. And I think that's going to make a world, a world of a difference.
0: Yeah. Um, so talking about like maybe your own experience with stuttering and with speech therapy, did you go to speech therapy when you were younger?
1: Yeah, so I had, I started studying when I was really young, probably when I was in kindergarten. Okay. I'd say. And I had speech therapy and don't really, I don't remember a ton from elementary school. Right. Um. I remember I love, I love my elementary school speech therapist. She would just, she, she might, might've had a lot of time, time on her hands. Cause I felt like her room was just always decked out right. with just crazy stuff. <laughs> I remember like what like when it was like ho- when it was ho- Halloween one time her room was just decked out with just all these candles and we listened to like scary stories <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> i don't remember how it related to stuttering in any way but like we we uh listened to scary stories and did some sort of speech activity right <laughs> and so i remember the elementary school therapist um and i went to middle school and That therapist was a little bit more like kind of like clinical, more serious. Okay. I don't remember anything about that. I just remember she made me say taxi a bunch of times because I think I mispronounced taxi. (laughs) Well, there you go. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, yeah. And I say from middle school to high school. After middle school, I say maybe seventh grade, I got discharged from therapy. And. Um, maybe on the surface, it seemed like I just stopped stuttering. I didn't stutter anymore. Um, but I would still have moments where I would stutter or also what happens sometimes is if you stutter for a long time and you, uh, are really aware of it and you try to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you can kind of predict when you're going to stutter or like, or not even predict. It's kind of like. You think you're going to stutter, mm-hmm. and so you just don't say anything,
0: right?
1: So, oftentimes, when I was in middle school and high school, I just wouldn't really say a lot with around around situations. I know I was going to stutter. So, if I'm sitting in a group with some people and I'm like, "Ooh, I think I'm going to stutter around these people," I just want to say anything. And yeah. on the surface, it looks like, "Oh yeah, he's a uh, fluid. He's just really quiet." Um, but on the on the downside. I'm not saying anything, but in my mind, I have all these just negative thoughts, feelings. I'm like, oh, my God, uh, I want to say this, but I can't. Um, but if I do say something, kids are gonna make fun of me. So and for me, it was peaks and valleys where stuttering got better in certain situations, stuttering got worse in certain situations. And then I would say in college, um, I was going through some mental health things in college and I noticed my stuttering was getting worse. Um and so I eventually saw a, a speech therapist as an adult when I was like 18 or okay, 19. Okay. Um so that therapist helped me a lot with different, especially with reading out loud. Uh I had a couple of techniques that she taught me. Um but yeah that's that's my experience with uh speech therapy. It's it, it's kind of like a long I was like from the very beginning then <laughs> All the way to um <laughs> all the way to speech therapy as an adult. Yeah. Um and I, I say now I like even right now in that story, like maybe I stuttered, maybe I didn't. Who knows? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but um I think that's the really interesting thing about stuttering is that I can there's though there'll, there'll be times where like people who stutter speak 100 fluently like you'll have a kid who stutters and like they'll play online games with their friends and not stutter at all wow. but then the moment you get them to speak in front of people the moment you get them to like um order at a restaurant like then you're gonna see that stuttering and so it's a little bit uh it kind of drives therapists crazy because like oh well like he didn't stutter in my room and now he's stuttering here and he's saying he's stuttering, but I, I didn't see him stutter once in my room. So what, what's going on here? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But would you say
0: like you found the speech therapy received both as a child and as an adult to be like helpful? Like, would you recommend, um, well, I mean, would you recommend stuttering therapy for, anyone but I guess mainly as an adult too that's
1: interesting to me I think I think it really depends I think what's a challenge like I I think for me I don't remember enough about therapy when I was younger to really know really know if it was effective um and then the one with adult I feel like that was it didn't really like it like addressed some of the stuttering but didn't address the whole picture right um what what's besides the therapy i think what also really helped me too is after i had therapy i was involved in the national stuttering association i went to a conference um i got involved i used to live in philadelphia so i got involved in the philadelphia chapter okay and um That, I think for me, that is what radically changed my perspective on stuttering. Okay. And also made my stuttering have less of an impact on my life. Cool. So
0: you found, like, getting more involved in kind of, like, community outreach in terms of, like, stuttering-specific community um, organizations made it easier for you, and that was a little more helpful than like therapy might've been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I think for me, the, um, what helped me is I think I had a lot of negative outlooks on stuttering, like thoughts and feelings. And like when that happens, it makes the, it makes stuttering worse. Like when you have negative thoughts about a negative feelings and you're trying to avoid it.
0: Right.
1: Um, Based on like a very like modern kind of stuttering therapy, or like well like what's called like avoidance reduction therapy
0: mm-hmm.
1: is like the avoidance of stuttering, those negative thoughts and feelings is what makes the stuttering worse. okay. and the um and the rationale behind that kind of therapy is really targeting the underlying issue with stuttering that the avoidance, and the negative things that make it like worse. Right.
0: And um, I forgot to mention this, but you worked with Kim Saboran, who was on the podcast before, and she chatted about stuttering, but she more talked about like the impact on the family. Um, so she gave kind of like a sibling and parent, like advice perspective kind of a thing, but you studied under her, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I So I went to Temple for grad school and so she was my supervisor a million different times. Yeah. <laughs> she was my supervisor. Uh, I've been involved with her camp for a while, like three right. or four years. I always, I always wonder if I'm ever going to stop being involved with that camp. With because camp for camp. me, like I get so much out of it. Right. Um. Even especially talking with the parents. I remember I have a couple of friends at stutter too. Mm-hmm. And like my one friend is also involved in the camp and like, we like are always saying that like it's one of those things that all like be there all like work that can for free,
0: right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> because like I get like I feel like I get more out of it than like sometimes the kids, <laughs> right? <laughs> be, because for 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 me, if I had something like that when I was younger, like if I had um, or even if I had someone say, "Hey, stuttering's okay," like it's okay to stutter, right. that would have radically changed like my whole entire life.
0: Yeah. And do you think that, like, because I I remember when I was talking to Kim, um, and we had Vivian Siskin on, and she oh, yeah. taught Kim, <laughs> which is hilarious. So, like, yeah. there's, you know, we have this kind of, like, trifecta here. Um, but talking to them, it sounds like they are teaching more of, like, the avoidance reduction kind of a therapy and more of, like, acceptance therapy. So do you see that speech therapy for stuttering is trending more in um like a positive light where people are saying hey it's okay to stutter and like giving you more of those tools like do you see that in like what your colleagues are doing
1: yeah i think um i think if you truly truly are trying to treat the underlying thing that's going on with stuttering right depending on the client i think really uh targeting the avoidance of stuttering right is like one of the one of the biggest like things about stuttering that i think w- is really important to target right and of course there's other like behavioral things we can do like we can um like there's different techniques that you you can use to kind of manage stuttering in the moment um but i think really targeting the underlying thing of that avoidance right is really something that's really unique about stuttering Mm -hmm. that is often overlooked. Right.
0: Wow. Okay. So you had mentioned this a little bit when we were talking about how you'd been discharged when you were in like seventh grade-ish is that you said it appeared that you were more fluent. So would you say that you've become more fluent as you've gotten older? Like, is that a normal trend or like, is that just like a misconception that people have?
1: I think what happens is depending on how you, if you work on the avoidance, mm-hmm. like for me, I do really, really good with presentations for oh. some reason. <laughs> and I think it's because, um, it's because the way I've thought about doing presentations and I've done a million presentations Yeah, or talking on the phone, right. I, for some reason, am fine talking on the phone. And for a lot of people who stutter, it's like the most stressful thing ever. Right. Or for a lot of people, for, for some people who stutter, like presentations as well. And if you have a negative outlook on stuttering, you have negative thoughts and feelings, then you're not going to want to do a presentation. Right. And it's it's also another thing about the avoidance reduction therapy is we talk a lot about desensitization. Okay. Um so it's one of those things where let's say you're afraid of snakes, right? Right. <laughs> and you never are around any snakes. You're going to still be terrified of snakes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you're still going to be like terrified and then maybe you'll see a snake every once in a while and like lose your mind, but you're still going to be afraid of snakes, right. probably for the r- probably for the rest of your life. So, but how desensitization therapy would work is you would slowly expose that person to the thing that they fear not like throwing them into a pit of snakes and be like all right don't be scared (laughs) (laughs) you don't like you don't want to do that right but trying to like make small steps to like being desensitized to snakes I'm no I mean I want to say this right here that I'm no um a psychologist so I can't really <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like treating those kind of phobias but this is what we think about when we're talking about stuttering okay the, a lot of the desensitization so to so to answer your question is for me if I never took the small steps to have a more positive thoughts and feelings on stuttering if I never met other people who stuttered if I didn't process those underlying things then I would never do a presentation.
0: right? And
1: when I would do a presentation, I would probably stutter because I would feel physical tension. I would have these just negative thoughts, negative feelings just running right. through my head. And I would probably stutter a lot in the presentation. Yeah. Same thing with the phone, phone calls. I think because I've done phone calls enough, I've done it a ton. And because I've been able to have a, Address those the avoidance and address the negative thoughts and feelings. Phone calls, I'm fine with, right?
0: Wow, so that's really interesting. It's having a better outlook, like, I think that's a simple thing to like, um, to realize, but I don't know that everyone like takes it into consideration. But like, having a more positive outlook on something that like kind of scares you can help you like retrain your brain to not fear it so much like which sounds so simple you're like yes of course but yeah it's powerful
1: yeah and I think it's about small steps and it seems sounds really simple but in the th- in the therapy room when you're working with these clients like you kind of there's a certain technique you have to do to get them to take that small step right because you can't just be like all right here like if they're scared of snakes right right you have <laughs> Trauma associated with snakes. You you can't just like show them a picture of a snake and be like, "Hey, don't be scared." <laughs> right? Like, like they gonna be like, "What are you doing? Like, right. why why are you showing me these pictures of these snakes?" <laughs> right. So it's very strategic. Like it sounds easy, but it's not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. So kind of going back to that, you. So you're an SLP, and you're a person yeah. who stutters. So what was it like? going to um school studying speech as a person who stutters and then luckily you also had kim
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh i think i think was it was a mostly positive experience um uh yeah so if if you're a person who stutters meaning like if if you're an adult and you still have moments where you do stutter or you Mm. think about stuttering i'd say i would choose your program wisely (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) because i think for me having someone who is like a board certified fluency specialist meaning like someone who did extra training for stuttering i think like that like was a game changer
0: yeah
1: um cuz i've heard a lot of horror stories about other people who who stutter that have gone to universities and like they face a lot of discrimination just based on how how, how they speak yeah. in in the sense that they would be graded more poorly because they stuttered so Ugh. like if they were in the clinic and they stuttered and everything else was fine the the um supervisor would dock points and be like oh you need to speak more fluently next time jeez and that i mean if there was a magic pill to speak fluently <laughs> right. like that that'd be great but i mean unfortunately like once once you reach a certain age as a kid Like it's pretty rare that stuttering is just gonna just go away. And it's gonna be it's some is oftentimes, especially for older kids, it's gonna be something that they're gonna always kind of have in their life that they're gonna have to manage in some Mm -hmm. way. So I got lucky. Like I didn't really have that. It was mostly positive experience, but I've had a lot of people talk or I've I've known people who've gone to grad school that have had issues with supervisors being like, Hey, what's going on here? You need to speak more fluently to pass this class. And Like that's not, that's, that's, that's not always possible.
0: Right. It's kind of ridiculous as SLPs to like ask for fluency when you know, like how stuttering works, but maybe you don't. And maybe that's why people are, have it kind of. Yeah.
1: And it's, it's kind of like asking somebody, um, like if someone had to syndrome, for example, where they have ticks and things that they can't control. Right. Like, like, Hey, can you do liver therapy with less (laughs) ticks? <laughs> no. No, I can't. I can't. You know I mean, is way different than that. Like stuttering right. like but the randomness and the stuff where you just stutter randomly like that that's not that's not an easy fix. Like that's right. not something that um can all the time be like 100% like fixed for the rest of your life. Like it's right. not that that's not that's not always the case for a lot of people, a lot of clients. Yeah. Well, I'm
0: glad you had um Kim Sporn cuz you know, she is fabulous. And I think, you know, from chatting with you on the podcast and off the podcast, it sounds like um, she had like a really good impact on anyone that goes there that who stutters. Like, you know, she's always like kind of um, helps people along and make sure they're getting exactly what they need. So happy for you about that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, no problem. So we talked about you going to university and studying speech as a person who stutters so then you entered the workplace as an slp as a person who stutters what was that like like getting a job for the first time and stuff like that
1: oh i say my placements and the jobs that was where a little bit harder (laughs) (laughs) yeah for my placements at least like people kind of uh I had some supervisors that were like, okay, with the staring. I had some supervisors that were just a little kind of weird about it. It's mm. like uncomfortable or we're just kind of afraid to kind of address it or talk about it. Odd. Um, yeah, it's odd. Like for me, I'm like, oh, great. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I was like, well, I mean, if they didn't get like a good staring education, there's a good chance that they might just be like, what do, what do I do here? Right. <laughs> Or, or I've had like also teachers or like aids, like I have aids react in certain ways that were not like fun. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. That, that's just like, um, yeah, that, that's just the nature of, uh, <laughs> right. It's like just like having anything that's different.
0: <laughs> and what do you like normally say to people in those situations?
1: Um, I think the most common thing that I've had is like, this doesn't happen with teachers as much but like sometimes like a's will like kind of like smirk or kind of like laugh a little bit hmm. when i'm like stuttering a, like a little bit more um and i think what happens is is when people see something that they don't expect they uh they feel uncomfortable right and so sometimes that manifests as laughing or like smirking right uh it's it's kind of like <laughs> if like if like you're watching something let's say you're watching a show and something crazy happens on stage <laughs> <laughs> like it like you're gonna feel uncomfortable and sometimes people like to deal with that feeling of uncomfortableness they'll they'll laugh or they'll kind of smirk a little bit right <laughs> um and so how i've addressed it is i just confront them about it i'd be like hey um just so you know i have a stutter so sometimes you might see me like get stuck where i might repeat certain sounds or I might pause when well, you know that's normal um and then normally just going from there they kind of that establishes that like they that establishes that they know what's going on like they know what's going on it's not just like oh man this guy uh, doesn't always do it because i, I i'd rather have someone think that i stutter than think that i don't know what i'm doing right because a lot, sometimes that, that's, that's what will happen is when someone sees someone stuttering, they're like, he must not know what he's talking about. Or they, must, they might think like, oh, well, I guess he didn't practice beforehand. But, and not the, case. <laughs> I, I, but the thing is, I'd rather be identified as someone who stutters right. than someone who is not prepared and isn't competent at, at their job. right. I feel like if you address it, I personally feel better about it it lets the person know what's going on and then generally like the negative reactions like stop where where like if someone's like if you notice someone's smirking or laughing they they definitely won't do it again (laughs) because they're like oh shoot he's saw he saw me do that right and like if i do that again like i'm gonna look like a jerk right yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so that's that's happened before
0: (laughs) yeah That's good advice, though, like just, you know, letting people know, hey, I'm a person who stutters like you're going to see that because sometimes people are like, don't realize that they're being rude, which sounds silly, but they don't realize they're being rude and they need to be reminded. Um, And then sometimes people just like don't know, like you said, like people get uncomfortable because they don't know what's happening. And then
1: you're like, chill out
0: person. (laughs) Like, it's going to be all right. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I really think the addressing thing is like always a way to go.
0: Yeah. And so you said sometimes the placements were a little bit difficult, but then we have you here and it's great having you here. So <laughs> oh, thank the jobs you. <laughs> seem like they went well. So how is like interview process and stuff like that?
1: I think like luckily in the speech therapy land, like stuttering is sometimes a good selling point. Yeah. If I... I, I think for anyone that does stutter as an adult, especially, I think you really got to sell it like you really yeah. got to sell it and think like, OK, regardless of what job that you have, how does stuttering make me a better applicant than the than the other a- applicants? Yeah, I'm i I'm I'm thinking through the perspective of like. Like neurodiversity, how everyone has different everyone has different brains. Some people have autism and they have a different brain. They have different ways that they do things. Right. Some people have ADHD. And I think one thing that people sometimes forget to think about is that whatever thing that you have that's different from somebody, you have different experiences, you have different thoughts about things. And. If we had the same, if we had problems, right, problems of the world, and everyone was the exact same, had the exact same experiences, had the exact same, like, um, brains, we wouldn't be able to fix the problem because we wouldn't be able to think outside the box. Right. And I think, like, stuttering or anything, there are advantages to the experiences that you go through. Right. And so, even though it seems hard, like even though it seems hard, like if 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 you have any disability or if you have anything that really kind of affects your ability to function in day to day society, um, but your experiences and the way that you think, the fact that it's different, like we need more different people because right. they're going to help us solve more problems. Like right. if we have the same people solving the same problems. And with our clients, right? Not at, like if we have the same exact therapist with the same personality, same kind of things. If we have them, not that therapist is not going to work great with every single client. Exactly. And that's why we need more therapists with just different experiences, perspectives, li- uh, lives to really kind of address those clients that maybe that kind of therapist is what they need and what they've been missing. Right for 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 all those years.
0: Yeah. Well, that's cool. I <laughs> it's cool to hear that um you use stuttering as a selling point because it is. Um yeah. And I think that's great advice to anyone who is like currently like going through you know they're getting through college and they're like hey, I'm about to start applying to jobs and like I'm feeling pretty okay about it, but I do want to like figure out how I can tell this employer like about my stuttering and like tell them it's going to be a great thing for you to hire me because of it. Um, So I think that was great advice to any of the young folks looking for jobs right now.
1: (laughs) Right. Because we see like it happens, right? where we watch like American Idol, right? Mm -hmm. And we see some person that has some thing going on in their life. When we see someone confidently address the thing that they have, sell it and show that they're successful with this different thing that they have people respect that yeah people when 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 they see you see you have something that in the back of their head they're like oh shoot stuttering how's this guy able to do something like this or anything right like anything like Um, When they see you successful and confident able to really pursue your dreams, despite the things that are going on, the the, the thing that makes you different, Mm -hmm. people respect that. And like, I think that builds terms of like, when you're applying for jobs, and looking for places to work, if you're able to really establish that, and also sell, like sell, sell, sell yourself, Mm -hmm. and really explain like, okay, this thing that that's different about me is going to make your company better for right. these reasons. When, when you're able to do both those things, it makes a huge impact on how people like, if if they want to hire, if they want to hire you or not, right. They think you're going to be effective or not. It makes a huge, it's really like reframes what they originally would think about something. It completely right. flips it. And they're yeah. like, Oh wow. They're right. We do need Something that's different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Piggybacking off of that advice, what would what advice would you give to parents of children who are like school age, so maybe like high school and younger um who stutter?
1: I'd say so for parents who stutter, I think one of the biggest things that you could do first is even just letting your your kids know that like hey it's okay to stutter for right. so starting from there um finding ways that you can not have them have a negative association with stuttering yeah so an example would be i would maybe try to avoid putting a lot of pressure on them and really trying to get them to like quote unquote fix their stuttering like i think putting pressure on them is not good um i think if you always just uh, like if you're always talking about it and, and being like oh wow you stuttered less there or like oh you stuttered more there like i think even just taking a step back and letting it be okay for your kid to stutter as much as that sounds counterintuitive you're like wait you want you want them it, it to be okay to stutter like is is aren't, aren't you trying to not stutter anymore <laughs> um i think if you step back you'd be surprised how much progress you can make in terms of stuttering less right, and also improving their attitudes about communicating with people right because if you're constantly correcting somebody if you're constantly um like letting it like letting them know like oh you stuttered there oh you're stuttering less today oh you're stuttering more today hey if uh you um fix your stuttering i'll buy you an xbox or something yes. <laughs> <laughs> so like <laughs> Like if you, uh, like, even if you did that, I mean, I really think it's one of those things where it sounds counterintuitive, but it really, it really makes a huge difference.
0: Yeah. Just like letting them, letting them know it's okay so that they have like breathing room. And like you said, they don't end up like developing like those negative thoughts and um, and like a negative outlook towards it.
1: Yeah. yeah. Right. And and also just doing, there's certain things that we do when we know stuttering is kind of creeping up. For a person who stutters, like, there's a lot of avoidance things that we do that make the stuttering worse. That we yeah. think it's helping, but it's really not. Yeah. So then, what
0: advice would you give to the students that stutter?
1: um I'd say... If you're a student who stutters, and if you're really thinking about, like, hey, I want to change this, like, I want to stop stuttering, I want this to stop, I'd say getting really involved, finding other people who stutter is like a game changer. Yeah. Because kind of like the desensitization thing we talked about earlier, right? When you're around other people who stutter, you're seeing stuttering and you're, and like, if you like are hate stuttering, think it's the worst thing ever as well. You if you have, tra- if you have trauma with like, if, if you just really, it makes you really uncomfortable when you see stuttering, it's does the same way. When you see someone else stutter, it like desensitize yourself to stuttering as okay. well. And so what, what happens is, um, it really changes how you think about stuttering, it really changes how you uh feel about stuttering. You go into more situations that you would never go in because mm-hmm. you're seeing your friend stutter, like you're going to Burger King and your friend stuttering a ton and you're like, Well, I mean if my friend can do it, <laughs> <laughs> then I'll I can do too. it. <laughs> And then, and then you meet other people who also have the exact same, like, not the exact same thing, but like have similar experiences that you didn't know existed. Right. Like, it's so interesting when you meet someone, other people who stutter and they're just like, yeah, like this happens to me. And you're like, that happens to me all the time. Right. So, right. and it really like the, without the therapy, like those like thoughts and feelings really like th- that really changes. Yeah and if if you want to see a therapist i would uh i i would probably maybe look for like a fluency specialist someone who kind of like is more trained in stuttering therapy i think sometimes um there's no we don't get in the schools we don't get a lot of clients who stutter it's pretty rare mm-hmm. like uh like i I've, I've worked in the schools and i've had a couple kids who who stutter but um it's not it's not as common as you would think so right. a lot there's a lot of therapists that work in the schools that um may not always know exactly like what's the most up to date kind right. of thing to do with stuttering they might kind of be doing like oldish techniques that kind of may like work for some people but may like absolutely not not work for other people right so I, I, I would just consider therapy with with caution mm-hmm. as, as much as it sounds crazy to think that like, oh, like you shouldn't address it immediately. You shouldn't get therapy immediately. I think uh, I know a lot of adults who stutter that have had bad experiences with therapists in the past. Yeah. Um, and I think it contributes to like this, the stuttering being more severe. Right. And when you're not ready for certain things too or like if if you're a kid and and you're not ready for therapy or if oh my god i'm totally drunk like when 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 you're not ready for therapy and if the therapist doesn't explain why you're doing things Mm. then it can have i think it can really have a negative impact because the kid's not successful and it contributes to uh more severe stuttering where we're like Where they have negative outlooks on therapy, on stuttering, they're doing more avoidance. I think that 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 can be kind of risky. So I would just, if if you're really thinking about therapy, I would consider maybe look making sure you find somebody that kind of has experiences with stuttering. Right. Um. Well, like preferably a board fluency specialist is generally like a good kind of indicator of like what their training looks like. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Cool. So it sounds like stuttering therapy can be good. It just has to be done by the right person. Um, and I think when Kim was here, we had talked about other like community building, um, kind of groups with like kids who stutter. So it sounds like that, that would be your advice too, is like finding the community building groups. Um, and then maybe like a therapist from, from that arena so you know that you're getting someone that like is doing good work
1: (laughs) yeah yeah and i i think um you can address the behaviors there's things that you can do to address like the other behaviors that contribute to stuttering right um but if you don't address the other like the avoidance and the other big big things um then i think you, you run into the client feeling like still stuttering and being like Wow, like therapy wasn't effective for me right yeah. yeah
0: well, this was all fantastic advice do you have any other things you want to mention before we go um I say
1: that's pretty much it <laughs> like I I I always worry about sometimes when I'm talking about stuttering it sounds like counterintuitive people are just like wait <laughs> don't do therapy stutter more if <laughs> 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 people are like kind of sometimes don't really get get that aspect of it but they're like looking at listening to a lot of stuttering specialists stuttering specialists going to the nsa meeting other stuttering specialists who stutter like this is a lot of things that they kind of keep talking about right it's really addressing like the avoidance and like that's almost up-to-date research like like that's a lot of the things that they're talking about is reducing that avoidance and really addressing the underlying things like like in in grad school we have the stuttering iceberg oh. where we have the top that's over over the water right shows like the stuttering behaviors that you see like the repeating sounds prolongations the, th- the things that you see that's stuttering the tv right then underneath there's this huge iceberg in the bottom that's it's huge and it has avoidance negative thoughts negative feelings so like you got to like if you're trying to get rid of this iceberg if you get rid of the tip you're still going to crash into it right <laughs> if you still got that stuff you could 100% speak fluently and right. still have these negative like these underlying things that are are making you not enjoy your life in terms of communication right. social skills and part, and so and social participation yeah so like you can chip at that bottom, but like you can chip at that top that's above the water. But if you don't address the bottom, like you're still gonna your 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 ship is still gonna crash to that iceberg. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And it's it's funny that you say it sounds counterintuitive. Um because I like as a person who didn't know a lot about stuttering before I started working with RLC, that probably would have sounded like counterintuitive to me. I would have been like, okay, I would have accepted it, but it would have sounded counterintuitive. But after having like Vivian Siskin on and Kim and now you, it's like all three of you have said the same kind of thing um, about like the avoidance um, reduction therapy and more of like that acceptance therapy. So it's really cool to hear because it sounds counterintuitive at the beginning. And then the more and more you talk about it, it's like, it makes all the sense in the world. And like, you are a case of like, it being complete, like super effective because you're telling me like, yeah, you went to school and you stuttered or you studied it, but you also are a person who stutters and you are telling me like how effective it was for you. So like, it's really cool to see. And like, we really appreciate you coming on so that other people can like kind of hear this advice and know that especially for parents, I feel like sometimes parents are scared. Their children are going to feel like they can't be successful, but now seeing an SLP who stutters, who's in the workforce, it's like kind of cool for them to like have that um, representation. Thank you. Yeah. 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 No problem. So thanks so much for being here and I'm sure we'll chat again soon. And thanks so much to the audience. So don't forget to leave us a little rating and review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And we'll chat with you next time.